Amen. The book of Mark chapter number two, Mark chapter two. And today we're going to read verses one through 12. Mark chapter number two, verses one through 12. And I'm reading this today from the New Living Translation. And it says this, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room even outside the door. While he was preaching the word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring Jesus, bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Verse five says, seeing their faith, the faith of the four men, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the, the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. Amen. Thank God for his word. And today I want to use for a topic. Can you carry this for me? Can, can you can you carry this for me? Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you have our hearts to be just good ground for your word. That this will be exactly what we need to hear today. That this word today would challenge us to be more like Christ, to be more of a disciple, to walk closer with our Father, to walk closer in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word today. Please bless it as we preach it in power. Give us that strength and that power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you carry this for me? You ever <laughs> been getting them groceries? Now, the way our house is set up, I try to make one trip. I said, look, I ain't going up these stairs more than one time. You ever live in an apartment complex or something and you got to go up two flights of stairs and you like, okay, I got all these groceries from Publix. I got this from Wegmans. And then as soon as somebody, hey, can you, hey, hey. And my kids, they like to come to the door and just look just to see me getting the groceries. I said, no, 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 no. Put your shoes on, put your flops on, put your Crocs on and come on. Can you carry this? Grab, grab this. As a, it's too heavy. All right, don't grab the, the pack of water. Grab the cereal or something, but carry something. Right, y'all ever been there? The kids, they, got, they like to come look at you while you're doing the work and you're sweating. But you ever had that where you're holding something heavy and you say, hey, can you, just real quick, can you, can you carry this? Can you hold on to this for me? And we're dealing with this today in Mark chapter number two, where we find this particular gentleman's paralyzed and Jesus is in this house teaching and these guys show up to try and bring this man to Jesus. But before we get to that, one of the things we have to realize and just give you a backstory for our church is that we have to shift our mindset this year. We're talking about being all in, but a lot of that requires a recalibrating of how we think as a body. And one of the things that we have to do is begin to shift to an evangelistic culture an evangelistic talk culture. We've talked about being, we're talking about being all in this year, but I almost named this message, bring your friends in. 
I almost named this message, bring your friends in, because if we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, we have to move from just thinking about my need for Jesus and begin to see the need that others have for Christ as well. Right. If we're going to shift from being just a church that is inward focused, we're just focused on us four and no more. We good. Me and Verte, we preaching. Okay, that's cool. Me, That's all we got. No, no, no. There are so many people. I want you to see every empty chair in this room today. There are so many lost souls in this. Just I mean, we just let's just deal with Raleigh, just Raleigh that could be in those chairs. Not to fill a church, not so my ego could be puffed up because the church is packed, but because they literally don't know Christ are literally lost and without a savior. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus began to tell them, he said, the harvest is plentiful. He said, there is no shortage of people that need God, that need Christ. There, no matter what TikTok tells you, no matter how many people are deconstructing, no matter how many people are walking away from the face, I promise you, there's someone right now saying, I need Jesus. There's some woman sitting in her bathroom right now crying out for God. There is some man just coming off of a high right now from last night crying out to God saying, I wish there was someone to help me get to Jesus. I wish there was someone that could pray for me. I wish there was someone that could speak a life-encouraging, changing word into my heart. And so I want to ask you this this morning as we talk about caring. Can you carry this for me? And this is the first thing is that do we care enough to carry? Do we care enough to carry The Bible tells us in verse number three and four, it says that these men showed up and they were to this packed house where Jesus was teaching and they were carrying this paralyzed man, carrying him. Now, this is the thing. I don't know if you've ever carried another human being. I don't know if you ever picked up another grown adult person. They didn't say he was a little boy and they was carrying their baby to Jesus. No, they said they were carrying this grown man. Do you know how heavy that is to carry another human being? Even some of these kids, I picked them up and put you back down, bro, because you've you been eating. You've been, you been, you know, Lena like to jump on me. Hey, daddy. I'm like, hey, okay. You're eating too many waffles, child. We got to start changing up. You ever tried to carry another person? That's a lot of work. That's a, that takes a lot of strength. There's no telling how much he weighed. There's no telling the condition of his life. There's no condu- telling the condition of the mat that he was on. Here they are sweating. Here they are toiling. Here they are working. But this is the thing. They cared enough about him being paralyzed to carry him when he couldn't carry himself. When he could not bring himself to Jesus, they had enough compassion in their hearts to bring the man to Jesus. And I've heard this passage preached many times because it describes it as these men being his friends. But the Bible doesn't say that they were his friends. The Bible doesn't say, and we don't know, so I'm not going to read into the text. We don't know if they were his friends or not. We don't know if they were family or not. We don't know if they just knew him from around the way or not. We don't know if he was an old guy from childhood. We don't know if they just said, we're going to Jesus. He's teaching at the house. We seen this man. They might have just asked, hey, guys, can you help me out? We don't know how well or not they knew this man. But they cared enough, whether they knew him well or they didn't, they cared enough to say, we're on the way to Jesus. We're going to help you get there too because you cannot get there for yourself in this season. They had enough compassion Enough compassion to say, we'll carry you. Enough compassion to say, we'll help you when you can't help yourself. And this is the thing. For some of us, you're in a strong place today where there are some people that can lean on you. There are some people that you can be praying for today. There are some people that you are doing well. You can help them out. But there are some on the other end where you need to trust some people enough to let them carry you. You need to trust some people enough to say, I need some help. 
I ain't nobody saying amen. Nobody saying nothing. But you got to figure out in the text, where are you in this situation? Are you the person that God is saying, hey, you have a word for your neighbor? Hey, you can help that single mother. Hey, you can help that pastor. You can help that ministry. You can help those families. Or are you a person that's saying, God, I need help right now. And you have to learn to trust because, oh, my God, can you imagine laying on that mat and they carrying him and he's swinging and they got the ropes and they, he's trying to make sure. And, and later on in the text, they take him up on the roof and he's sitting there. I can't move, but I have to trust the strength of these men. I have to trust the strength that someone else has to get me to Jesus. And there are so many people in our world, so many people in our city, so many people in our culture that need deliverance, that need help, that need a word, that need a fresh start that are broken and lame, but they're unable to move from where they are, don't know how to get out of the dark place that they are in. And for some of you, you can say, I know what it's like to be in that place. Let me help you out of it. I know what it's like to be broken like that. Let me help you out of it. And I want to tell you for everything that God has delivered you from, there's another person in your shoes right now. They need your help. For everything that God has brought you out of, there's someone else that he's speaking to you like Moses. Go back to Egypt where you came from and help them get out too. Go back to the place where you, I know that was your old neighborhood. You don't want to go back. But there's another man. He's 18 right now. He's exactly where you were. You can help him get out of that. There's another lady. She has about to have a baby too. You can help her come and get out of You can teach her what it means to be a mother. There's another person who's addicted to that same thing that had you bound for those three or four years. You can help them get out of that. I don't know how I got way over that, my God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. I like this translation because in verse 3, it says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Lord, the NLT make it real plain for us. If you think you're too important to help carry somebody in a season, you are not that important. If you think you can't get your hands dirty just for a second, you are not that. You can help somebody else. So can you carry me in prayer in this season? Can, can you carry me as an example of faith in this season? Can, can you carry me even in some finances? I'm doing bad right now. Can I, can I get, can, can you carry me just, just for this season? Just for this season. And I love this, too. We still on point number one, my God. But I love this, too, because this is the thing. They didn't carry him forever. They said, now, because some folks, they want to be enabled and be carried when they can walk. But I love it. They said, we're going to carry you for this season, but we're carrying you to a solution. We're carrying you to the answer. See, this is the thing. I don't want you to see. I want you to hear this word and say, I'm just going to enable my brother-in-law for the next 15 years. No, I'm not. You're going to get a job, brother-in-law. I ain't talking about brother. You know, all my brother-in-law, they were, amen, in Jesus' name. Uh, my brother-in-law, good brother. Amen. I ain't talking about you, wrong. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I'm not enabling children. I'm not enabling parents. I'm not enabling broke friends. No, no, no. I'll help you for a season. But there should come a season where we get to Jesus and we get some answers. And there, could come, there should come a season where we get some healing and we get whole. I'm not going to sit here on the phone with you for three hours every month talking about this same problem for three years. We need to forgive and move on from that. So what I'm saying to you is I'm not saying enable people who need to get up. I'm saying for a season. It's just a season where you can care enough to carry. But when you carry, you carry him to Jesus. So I know you're on the phone trying to talk to me about your problems. Do you want to pray about it? Because I don't have the answer, but I know who does. 
I know you're telling me how you ain't got no job. Okay, you want me to help you fill out some applications? I'll help you find one. Ain't nobody saying nothing, my God. It's all quiet in here. Okay, the roaches, thanks. Amen, roach. Appreciate you. <laughs> so they didn't carry him forever, but they carried him for the season that he needed it to get him to Jesus. And it's the first thing. They cared enough to carry him. This is the next thing. Let's keep going. Do we care enough to get creative? And we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about reaching those for Christ. Do we care enough to get creative? The Bible says in verse number four, it says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. They, they went up on the, man, they, they did an unusual thing to get this man to Christ. And they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus. If you read in particular commentaries for the theologians in the house, they say that the way these houses were built in that particular region, that normally on the outside of the house was a stairway up to the top of the roof. And normally those roofs at that time, they were not like ours where they're triangular. Uh, they, they were more, more flat and they were made of, 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 of straw and trees and branches and all these and mud, dried mud and all these things. So it was easy. So if you think about them taking up, you know, on our typical roof here in Raleigh, it's like no, they weren't doing that, but they would go up that side stairway stairwell they would they would have seen that the house was full and found that side stairwell and taking the man up the stairs into the flat roof and then begin to dig through the mud and the straw and the rocks and all of those things that compact that compose the particular roof and so when we say do you do we care enough to get creative we're looking at a situation where i mean just think about this for a second showing up to that house hoping that this man could get to christ and that house is packed You expecting to get a touch from God and you run into an obstacle. You expecting to get this man to Christ and run into a setback. We expect to get a miracle, but run into, we can't even get in there to get close to Christ. And imagine the healing that would have been missed if they had said, ah, man, sorry, bro. We tried. Sorry, man, it's too pat. You're going to have to, hey. Next time, we won't know when Jesus is going to be back. You know, he be moving from Capitol. He go to Galilee, then he go down to Nazareth. We won't know where he's going to be at next. It won't like he had an Instagram posting his itinerary. We didn't know where he was at. But imagine the healing that would have been missed if they would have allowed the obstacles of getting to Christ to stop them. Imagine the lost, the hurting, and the broken trying to get to Jesus. But yet, as we're trying to help him, we say, it's too hard to help you get to Christ. It's too hard. And this is the thing. When I say get creative, I'm saying this because I'm saying that some people will not get saved on Sunday morning between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. Many people won't get saved in a nice, neat altar call and they come up and they raise their hand and they cry a couple of tears. Some people getting saved in the bathroom at home. Some people, they're going to get saved right at your job, right in the break room. You share Christ with them. That's it. Right on the college campus, you're right in the dorm. That's the place. When I say get creative, I'm saying don't be afraid to, break, to, to, to introduce people to Jesus outside of these four walls. And let's be honest, you only spend two hours here once a week. How many hours in a week? I can't even do the math right now, but it's a lot. You only spend two of them here in a given week. All the other hours, you're at your job, you're with your particular family, you're doing your hobbies, you're in school. We got to begin to get creative in bringing people to Christ because for many, it won't happen here. For many, they may not hear me preach and come to Christ, but they'll have a conversation with you at the bus stop while they're waiting on their kids. They'll have a conversation with you after the HOA meeting in your house. I know y'all got some big houses. 
They'll have a conversation with you right after work. Y'all getting all headed to the car. They'll talk to you. They, Lord Jesus, they see you every day. They don't see me. They see you. They see your example. They see your walk. They see your faith. They see how you talk to the customers. They see how you handle the projects. They see how your email chains look. Y'all know I get on these emails, you know. They see you. And what we have to do is be willing to get creative. To get creative. To say, you know what? This may not happen the typical way, but there's still a way to introduce the loss to Jesus. And I want to ask you, what obstacles are stopping you from bringing people to Christ? Are you afraid of rejection? God, what if they say no? Are you afraid of how it will look? Do, do you not want to be labeled as that person at work? That guy at the job with the Bible? That, that girl in the always reading her, praying for people? Are we afraid to be looked at as that person? That guy, that woman, that student in the class, the oddball that's always talking about God, I know because I was that student in class. They called me preacher in 11th grade. That's the preacher. That's what they called me. So I know what it's like to be the oddball Christian kid in class. Just say, man, I'm just, this is my faith, man. I'm not trying to, but are we afraid? Now, going back now, I'm like, I don't care what y'all think. You can call me whatever you want now. Call me the preacher. Okay, I'm on to preach right now. My God, where the organ at? Come on, Verte. <laughs> But what is stopping us from bringing people to Christ? What parts of our lives are too crowded? Your schedule too crowded to bring somebody to Christ. You're so focused on getting a dollar. Let me slow down. So focused on what you need. I know you have needs, but could it be when you become an avenue for someone else that that becomes an avenue that God blesses you? What they had to do, and I, I love this, the symbolism of this, because even when they showed up to the house, they had to go up on the roof, right? And I love this as parallel in Revelation chapter number four, where, where Jesus tells John, he says, come up here and I will show you. They had to come just a little higher in order to get this man to Jesus. A little higher in prayer, a little higher in consecration, a little higher in the word a little higher in their faith, had to come a little higher in order to bring and introduce this man to Christ. See, if we're going to be evangelists in uncommon ways, we might just come a little higher, a little higher in boldness, a little higher in being unafraid of what people think, a little higher. But do we care enough to do this, to, as we said, get creative? But this is the last thing, and we're almost done, is that can you see, can we see the condition behind the condition can we see the condition behind the condition and i love jesus he gives us a perfect example of this in verse number five he says that after they lowered the man in he says seeing their faith jesus said to the paralyzed man my child your sins are forgiven this is the first thing he says to him now this man come paralyzed he's laying on a mat and you would think jesus oh get up that would be the obvious answer, right? Wouldn't he say, oh, get up. This is it. This is, this is obviously the reason you came here. But Jesus shows us an example, especially when we're trying to introduce people to Christ. Many times we go for the obvious thing. We think obviously they need money. We see this even when we deal with those who are without homes on the street. They must obviously need a few dollars at the corner. Are you sure? Could the obvious need not be the first need? Let me say that again. 
Jesus was willing to address not the obvious need, but the necessary need. The man we see from the text needed first, before you can walk, you need to know that you're forgiven. And this is the thing what Jesus is basically saying that before, think about this, the man is paralyzed. And Jesus is basically saying more than you need to walk, you need to be forgiven. My God. He said more than, y'all, he said more than you need to walk, you need forgiveness. Jesus said, I'm not just dealing with the, the obvious thing. He said, no, no, I want to get down to the root of this thing. And this is the thing. This is all oh, Jesus is so good because he loves to get into the condition behind the condition. He always deal with the pain behind the pain. You'll see this examples even when you read the Gospels. There were times when the, and the blind man would come to Jesus and Jesus would ask him, what do you want from me? I know you're blind, but I want to ask you, are you ready to see? Or do you have a need that's beyond just your physical sight? Jesus demonstrates that I'm actually not concerned about just the surface level things. Jesus is like, I'm trying to get down to the root first. And for many of us today, I just want to deal with this just for a moment, is that you may think your issue is that you're lame, but could it be you just need to repent first? You may think you need more money, but surely maybe you need more compassion. The obvious need is the bills. But the condition behind the condition is just this greed in your heart or this lack of contentment underneath the surface. That's why you always think you need more money. You're not content. What's the condition behind the condition? They even say this too with people who deal with addictions, whether it be drugs, whether it be sexual things, all that stuff. They say the addiction, it ain't never about the addiction. What is it in your heart that that particular thing is feeling, trying to feel, I should say? What is that? Why do you keep going to look at that? That's trying to feel something in your heart. Why do you keep trying to go drink that and smoke that? That is just a symptom of something deeper. Oh, God, y'all about to see this. And Jesus shows us. He said, it's not the surface stuff. It's the stuff that's working underneath. It's the stuff that's working. You think you need to relocate. No, you need to forgive the people that you live next to. It's that the relocation ain't going to help you because you're still going to take you and that unforgiveness to the new city. You think you need a new relationship, but what you need to do is deal with those father wounds, those mother wounds that are in your heart. Oh, I know I'm up in here. My dad, stick your toes out, everybody, so we can step on them all together collectively. Because many times we're trying to address the surface level thing. I just need to walk. I just need to walk. You do. But first, we got to get to the root issue. We got to get to the root causes. We got to get to the root things that people can't see. See, this is the thing. Ah, this is the thing. The people couldn't see that. But I love Jesus because when we bring people to Jesus, we have to make sure that Jesus, we're asking Jesus, Jesus, address the root cause. We'll get to the job and the houses and the money and the husband and the relationship and all those things are important. All those things are great. But let's not come to Jesus for the surface level. Jesus, this is the thing, man. God wants us whole to address the whole man and the whole woman and not just the symptoms. Religion addresses symptoms. Religion is come here, give a few dollars, serve on the worship team, and that's it, you good. No, no, no. The kingdom says, no, let's, let's, let's uproot all that nonsense. Let's uproot all that bitterness. Let's uproot all that unforgiveness. Let's uproot all that greed in my heart. Let's uproot all that lust. Let's uproot all that stuff. And you'll find that the symptoms will start to fade because we're dealing with the root issue. 
And I love Jesus because he is equipped to deal with both. He's equipped to say, I can go down to the deepest places. I can go down to the deepest parts of your heart, to the deepest wounds, to the deepest conditions. And also, we can deal with the surface stuff too. We can deal with the things that people may see. And we see this throughout the text and we know the end of the story that Jesus says to the man and we see the religious leaders start to get upset. If you read down in verses number six through 12, the religious leaders begin to get upset. And what do you mean forgive his sins? You don't have the power to do that because they didn't realize that Jesus was God. And they said only God can forgive sins. Jesus is God. And he exercises that authority to say, I can deal with the forgiveness. And then he says, but you know what? Just as a cherry on top to show you who I really am. In verse number 10, he says, I'm going to prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he turned to the paralyzed man and said, okay, now let's deal with the condition that everybody's looking at. And he says, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. I love Jesus's ability to deal with the visible and the invisible. The things that people can see and the things that people cannot. The conditions that are beyond the condition. And for many of us, if you are saved today, God has already dealt with the invisible condition. And that is the condition of the sin nature. And when we give our lives to Christ, he breaks us free from the power of the sin nature. He tells us in Romans, Paul says, I no longer have an obligation to the sin nature. He means that before Christ, I had to obey sin. But now in Christ, Christ has dealt with the inner condition. Now I can live out the symptoms of a disciple because he has broken the inward pull in me to sin. And we thank God that as we are bringing people to Christ, as we are, as we talk about today, carrying those who cannot carry themselves. God has challenged us today. Get creative. Think outside the box. Don't just think, how can I bring them to church on Sunday? Because some of your neighbors are never going to come to this building. They're never going to come to this space, but they will listen to you. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. Your neighbors know you. Your friends who are not saved, they know you. Your classmates, they, know, they don't know Pastor Corey. They know you. They know Ron. They know Ms. Shaka. They know Verte. They know Mr. Art. And what we have to do if we're going to bring people not just into church, but into the kingdom, we have to be willing to have enough compassion to bring them to Christ and introduce them to Christ. Amen.